I want you to put your hands together this morning and give a real good Lakeside welcome to Sam Farina. He is not unknown here at Lakeside, and I know especially our Italian believers are going to get blessed this morning. Praise the Lord. Love you, Sam. Take your liberty. How many of you think we should put an I or an O at the end of his name? We could do that very easily. And his eternity would be better. I love great leaders. In a moment, as Pastor mentioned, you're going to have a chance to help us with an incredible, incredible project. God really spoke to my heart um, over the last many months about Africa and committing my future to the continent of Africa and to leadership development on the continent of Africa. 90% of African pastors are doing the very best they can but only have a certificate of learning. That means they attended a couple weeks and then they went out and planted a church and they're doing as good as they can but now their churches are growing the Pew Research Foundation says in, by 2050, 38% of all evangelicals will be on the continent of Africa. Wow. Yeah. It's marvelous what's happening. But we need to raise up leaders. And God is confirming it. <laughs> Your pastor doesn't know it, but at lunch I'm going to talk to him about being a part of that. Because he's a leader. Amen. Leaders need to be around leaders. Amen. They need someone to put their arm around them. They need someone to father them. And your pastor is becoming the age of being a father now. Amen. And we have to father the next generation of leaders. Amen. You say, how do you know that? How do you know that about your pastor. Here's how I know it. It's because when he called, here's what he said to me. He said, Sam, he said, I believe God's given you a word for our body, for our church, for Lakeside. And I want you to give that word. Now let me tell you something. Great leaders of God listen to what God's saying. There's all kinds of things to listen to today. You can go on the internet, you can find all kinds of stuff. But hearing God's voice, and I do believe God gave me a word for Lakeside today. And I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. There are a lot of people today that are saying they're leaders. I had a pastor call me in Dallas a few weeks ago and he said to me, he said, would you come to our church and would you spend three weeks with our people? just teaching them how to be parents and how to have great families. And this Wednesday will be the third week. He said, I believe God spoke to me and I was supposed to call you. That's the kind of leader I want to be around. And that's the kind of leader God wants you to be, where you hear God's voice and you do what God tells you. There are some young people in this room that need to come and be missionaries in Africa. And we need 300 of them right now. 40% of our Assemblies of God African missionaries will retire in the next five years. We need 300 right now. And some of you are working jobs. And God is speaking to you right now. And we'll speak to you today during the service. And you're going to come to me. And you're going to say, God's really stirring my heart. And you're going to contact me later. And you're going to contact Pastor. And you're going to say, I think I need to leave GM. And I need to come to Africa. And I'll be glad to take your call. You say, how can you do those things when you hear the voice of God for your life? Some of you as young people are going to hear the voice of God today. And God's going to use you in incredible ways. There's material out in the back that'll help you teaching, 
I'd encourage all of you to get the series, Worry Me. How do we keep from being anxious? Let me tell you what's happening. And I've asked in the last two services, and I want some of you young adults and some of you that are here uh, seated in other places than this, but have you noticed amongst your friends there are a lot of young people and young adults that are facing anxiety today? Have you noticed that? It's blowing me away, and I'm spending a lot of time with young adults, and I'm working with them to overcome anxiety. I took a 22-year-old with me to Africa, to Uganda, the last trip, and I said, you're going to room with me, you're going to stay with me. He went to university, and he got to his last year of university, and anxiety overcame him, and he became so anxious that he couldn't function. We need to hear God. And we need freedom from this worry and this anxiety that's gripping people. And that series out there on worry will help you. And today's going to help you. So how many of you have the blank sheet of paper you were given when you came in? If you did not get one, lift your hand and the ushers are coming down the aisle to give you one. Everyone needs one in the balcony and on the main floor. Now, some of you men, I know what you're saying. You're looking at your wife. Well, she'll take notes, and I'll read hers. No, 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 no. This isn't about taking notes. This is everybody needs one, every man, woman, and child in the house. So please, if you didn't get one, hold your hand up, and they're going to give you a sheet of paper. If you need a pen, find a woman near you. She has a purse, and in every purse is about 20 or 30 pens. doesn't matter how small the purse is. And I want you to write on the top of your paper right now, July 24th, 2016, Lakeside Church. I want you to write that on the top. I want you to date this piece of paper. Just like you were filling out a contract to buy a house or you are signing something very important. I want you to put your name next to that date or somewhere around that date. This is yours. This is your personal expectations of God. And you say, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should put expectations on God. But I really sensed, I really sensed, and I'm going to say this for the third time this morning. This is the third service, but I'm going to say it here, and I want you to hear it. I really sense and I really believe, and Pastor, I'm excited for you, and I'm excited for this congregation because I really sense that God's about to take Lakeside into a new season of the miraculous. Amen. And the miracles are so that the lost who don't believe come to Jesus. But they're going to happen in your life so that you can share them with other people. And... I really believe young people are going to see a new season of the miraculous that's going to change your faith. It's going to change your rootedness in what Jesus did for you on the cross and what he provided for your life. Listen to me. You are his son and you are his daughter. You are not his slave. See, some of you live like you're slaves. You think you have to do things in order to please God and to get God to like you better. That's why, that's why a man who was struggling with his sexuality, struggling to live a good Muslim life, struggling to live right, saw the only way to make heaven was to go into a club in Orlando and kill people. I really believe that's why he did it. He thought that would get him entrance. And that is not following Jesus. That's slavery. The reason God created every one of you in this room was so that he could care for you and so that he could provide for you. He didn't create us because he needed us. God doesn't need anything. He created us because he wanted sons and daughters. So when he said in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other image but me, he decided to create his image in us. His image is us. And he wants us to show everybody his image. 
so that he can provide for his image. He can provide for his kids. Uh, my grandchildren are flying in, and I can't wait because I know what they're going to say to me. They come to me all the time whenever they get, when they get me. They get me and they say things like this, and you, you, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Papa, Papa, do you think, do you think, uh, um, um, do you think, I mean, you know, I don't know that my dad or mom would, but do you think? Amen. And guess what Papa says? Yes. We can do that. Yes. Ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> do you hear me? How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's what the Father wants to do for us. Yes. The Father wants us to come as His children. Some of you say, I'm not good enough. Ah, my life's really all messed up. Exactly. Exactly. All of our lives are messed up. And He saw that need, and that's why He said to His Son, Go and reverse roles with them. And you will be separated from me so that they will never have to be separated from me. You will die so they will never have to die. You will overcome death so that they can overcome death and have eternal life. He saw our need, and that's why the cross happened. And he sees your needs. And there are some people in this room today, whether you're a visitor, there was a woman who came in Raleigh, North Carolina, to Raleigh Christian Center. I was there, and I was on a Sunday... I did not know that she and her daughter had come. They were visitors to the church, and maybe you're a visitor here today. And I said to that congregation that morning, I said, what you need from God, you need to write it down. You need to write it down on paper. There's something about getting it out of your head and getting it down on paper. And people say to me all the time, God knows what I need. God knows what I need. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. He said, ask, and you shall receive knock and the door shall be open. There is, there is a principle of asking and knocking and seeking. Why? The same reason we like our grandkids to come and knock on our door. And they're going to do it. I know what's going to happen at my house this week. And they're going to open the bedroom door at 6 a.m. Oh, yes. Because they know if they come to my room at 6 a.m., they can watch cartoons in my bed. <laughs> and I'll be glad to let them do it. Matter of fact, I'll end up getting out of bed, and they'll have the whole bed. And I'll smile the whole time. And the Father wants to smile meeting your needs. Some of you are saying, oh, no, 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 you don't know. I've, I've said things and I've done things. Listen to me. If you have, then he says, tell me, and I will give you grace, and I'll give you mercy, and I'll give you forgiveness. Don't hide it. Don't hold it back. Tell him. Because he is not a cruel taskmaster. He is not here to judge you today. He is here to give you mercy and grace. The day of judgment will come, but today is the day of grace. I want to read a passage. It's a marvelous narrative. It's a true story, and it really relates to us today, and then we're going to go back and we're going to write some things down. It's found in Acts chapter 12. And so if you've got your smart reader or your smartphone or your Bible, if you still have one of those, I carry mine. <laughs> Acts chapter 12. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the father of John, with a sword. Now, I want you to see this, this whole thing of ISIS killing people with the sword and what they're doing. This is nothing new. Um, killing uh, the, 
believers, followers of Jesus, the enemy fights, the enemy fights against us. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, this is politics at its best, folks. This is a political year, and I want you to listen to me. Herod knew that he was in trouble with the Jews and thought he'd lose his job with the Rome. He thought he'd lose his position. So what did he do? He, used, he, he, he tried to please him with politics. It's the same thing that we hear. I don't care if it's Donald or Hillary. It doesn't matter. It's, it's this system of let's please the people and the people will vote for us. That's why I want you to understand something. Our king has already been seated. And he's not about to leave the throne. Okay, so whatever happens in America, relax. Because we're aliens. We're just, we're just marching through here. Thank God we had the privilege of being here in this country. But guess what? We're going home soon. So don't worry about America. You're okay if you're following Jesus. killed James. And then he said, this is really good. They like this. So he arrested Peter. And I want you to see this. Look at verse 4. He seized him and put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers. Sixteen soldiers to guard one Christian. One follower of Jesus. Now this is really important because I want you to understand this. That's how dangerous you are to the kingdom of darkness. You say, no, I'm retired. Exactly. You're retired and extremely dangerous. You say, what do you mean I'm dangerous? I'm 84 years old. If you're praying, you're dangerous. If you're expecting of God, that causes Holy Ghost heartburn for the devil. And there is no Prilosec for him. Listen to me. You are extremely dangerous, teenager, if you will put your expectations on God. But when you expect of yourself, you're not dangerous. When you expect of the world around you, and when you expect from your education, you expect from the government, there, there's, no, there's no power, there's no damage to darkness that that, but when you expect from God, when you expect from God, the kingdom of darkness shakes. And that's why what Lakeside is about to enter into is going to cause the enemy great difficulty in this area. God has given you this area. God has given you this area. You are responsible for it. To do what? To put your expectations on God so that they can see God working in your life and they want your God. This was Israel. Israel was chosen so that they could be blessed of God and even when they failed, forgiven by God so that the followers of all of these other beliefs would say, I want your God. We want your God. And that's what God wants to have happen at Lakeside. Listen to me. If you will begin to expect today, the years of Lakeside will be greater coming than previous. So it says that the church began to pray. Verse 6. When Herod was out, the church began to pray. Look at this, verse 5. Their people are praying. Church is praying. And when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was what? What was Peter doing? Oh, I want you to listen to me. If you'll start putting your expectation on God, you'll be able to sleep the night before you're going to die. And I'm going to tell you something. There are a lot of people that are worried about, oh, am I, am I healthy enough? Am I, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Am I going to lose? Uh, listen to me. We need to be people that don't need Ambien every night. We need to be people that don't need more Excedrin PMs. We need people that can sleep in the midst of the greatest trouble. And that was Peter. Why? Because he knew that Jesus had risen from the grave. He saw him. He touched him. So what in the world is the difference if he's chained in prison between two guards? Yeah. 
and two more are at the doors, and two more are at the gates. Jesus walked right out of the tomb, and he had seen it. And we need to come into reality again that the grave could not hold him. If death could not hold him, then there is nothing he cannot answer or overcome. And an angel showed up. Now this is great. Teenagers, you've got to read the Bible the way it's written. The angel shows up and has to knock Peter upside the head to wake him up. That's the kind of rest I want to have. How about you? How about you? The angel has to knock him upside to wake him up. Read it. And he says, put your clothes on. Can you say thank God? Yeah. Could you see Peter walking out naked? <laughs> put your cloak on. Put your shoes on. And when they had... Watch this. And verse 9. And he went out and followed him, and he did not know what was being done by an angel, that this was real. He thought it was a vision. He thought it was a dream. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. Some of you don't realize what God's doing. He's doing it, but you don't see it, and you don't realize it's happening. And I, I want you to forgive yourself. Just, just take a deep breath. Just go ahead. Take a deep breath. And just say, Peter didn't know God was sending an angel. He didn't know it. Sometimes we don't see it. We don't know it. And, we're, we're all, we, and it's happening. God's doing it. God's doing it, but we can't see it. But we're in good company. Peter couldn't see it either. Just relax. But look at the world. No, no, you've been watching way too much Fox News. Yeah. Amen. You need to look up. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in what? His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his mm, and grace. We live in grace. I think God's judging us. We live in Judgment's coming, but it's not today. Amen. Okay? Come back next week and Pastor will talk about the judgment. <laughs> Peter came to the door and the door opened. Then they came to the gate to the city and the gate opened by itself and they walked right in front of the guards and the guards couldn't see him or they fell asleep or whatever. I don't know. Maybe the angel slipped them ambient. I don't know, but however God wants to do it, he did it, he did it. And when they got outside the city, Peter realized this is for real. This was an angel. And he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, verse 12. And when he got there, he knocked on the door and a young teenage girl named Rhoda came to answer. And she was so overjoyed that she forgot Peter outside the gate. This is so teenagerish. It's kind of like your junior high pastor cleaning the floor. She left him. She left him outside the gate. And she goes in and she says, he's here, he's here, Peter is here. And what did the praying church say? You're out of your mind. Listen to me, folks. We say we believe and we say we're praying. But the fact is, <laughs> when the answer comes, we're looking for an explanation. Stop looking for the explanation. Well, I sure had great doctors. <laughs> oh, I've got some wonderful doctor friends, and here's what they tell me all the time. I do my best. But the fact is, without the healing power of God, people still have to heal, folks. Oh, yeah. 
And they finally let Peter in. And he came in and explained it. Now look at verse 23. I don't want you to miss this. Herod went on with his big deal. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And this is very, this is so important because the enemy will remove the enemies. Jesus, God the Father, will remove the enemies from our life. He'll get them out of the way. And then verse 24, but the word of God, what? Increased and multiplied. Say that. All right, take your piece of paper. Take your piece of paper. And we're going to wrap this up. And I want you to write. I want you to just keep writing. So what are we writing? Here's what you're writing. Number one, look at verse seven. It says that an, an angel came into the cell of Peter. Where do you need, where do you need to expect an angelic visitation? Now you say, what do you mean an angelic visitation? It's happening all the time. And I am thrilled when I hear Muslims tell me how they surrendered their life to Jesus Christ because they had a visitation. Yes. And it's happening by the scores. It's happening by the scores. Right. Well, let me tell you something. If there's heavenly visitations happening to Muslims to bring them to Jesus, then what in the world are we waiting for? Amen. They're all around you too. Amen. And it's time we begin to expect them. God, if you're going to speak to that person, I want you to come and reveal yourself to me. Why? Because angels provide. Angels are bring protection. Angels bring encampment. They invade our prisons of bondage. Where do you need an angel to invade your bondage? Where do you need an angel to deliver you or deliver your son or deliver your daughter? You say, my kid isn't living for God. Then you need an angel to come and visit. You need something to happen to invade that darkness. You say, oh, do you think an angel will show up? Let me tell you something. When he does, you're going to see that kid respond. And it's time we begin to expect that. Amen. It's time we begin to expect it. Come, let me tell you what I'm praying, folks. Listen to me. I'm not praying that the, United, that the next president of the United States sends Tomahawk missiles in at ISIS. Amen. I am not praying for that. Hallelujah. It may happen, but that's not what I'm praying for. Can I tell you what my expectation is? That Acts 7, 8, and 9 will happen. Amen. There was a man named Saul who was killing Christians. Yeah. And what happened? Jesus showed up on the road to Damascus and knocked him off his palomino. And here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that on the battlefield of Syria, tonight, that Jesus will show up and knock El Baghdadi out of his Jeep. And tomorrow morning on CNN, I turn it on every morning and I'm waiting for it. You're going to see El Baghdadi in an interview with Como. And he's going to say, we were wrong. And last night on the battlefield, Jesus revealed himself to me. And we are going to follow Jesus. And if you see that, you'll see the greatest revival the church has ever experienced since the day of Acts. And that's what I'm believing for. You say, you're crazy. Exactly. See, some of you want to think it all out in your own, but that's not God. It's got to be bigger than you or it's not God. Lakeside needs to be known as the place where people can come because there's no other answer. There is no other answer. And that's what God wants. Where do you need an angel to visit? Who do you need him to visit? Where do you need to build a campment? You're sending a kid off to Ann Arbor. You need encampment. Pray for angels in the dormitories and in the classrooms and amongst those professors. Secondly, verse 7, you need light to shine in the darkness. Where do you need light to shine in your darkness? Depression? Anxiety? Hopelessness? Despair? Your marriage? Where are you, where are you facing darkness? In your body? Your physical mind? Alzheimer's? Some, you say, I'm afraid things are going bad in my mind, in my memory. Maybe it's with your mom. Maybe it's with your dad. Maybe it's with your husband, your wife. Where do you need light to shine in the darkness? Where do you need light to shine in the darkness? To transform the surroundings. 
Write it down. Write it down. Write it on your piece of paper. Write it down today. Look at verse 7. Chains fell off his hands. What chains do you need to fall off? Now listen to me. There are people in this room, the chains of depression, the chains of oppression, the chains of discouragement, the chains of physical sickness, the chains of hopelessness, the chains of some addiction. Maybe there's a habit or an addiction and you need the chains to fall off. Maybe you have an opiate addiction or maybe you have, a, maybe you have an addiction to some habit or your anger and you need those chains to fall off. Then believe, ask, put it down on paper. God, I'm believing these chains to fall off, to fall off. Look at verse 9. The prison door opened. Now doors, this is very, very important. We're going to wrap this up. Doors are for individuals to walk through. What door do you need to open? Some of you need a promotion. Some of you need a job. Some of you need a better job. Some of you need acceptance into university. Some of you need, what door do you need to open? What door needs to open for you? What is that door? What is that door? What is that door? What is that door? And pastor, I want you to pray about the next door that God wants to open for you. You say, what do you mean? What would that be? Let him tell you. There's, there are doors in our lives. There's doors in every season of our life. It doesn't matter our age. You say, well, I'm retired and I'm not doing much anymore. That's because you haven't looked for the next door. You haven't looked for the next door. There's a door. There's a door for you, teenager. What door is it? What door is it? What do you need? What promotion do you need? What do you want to be? You want you need a door being class president? What door needs to open? And then, look at this, verse 10, the gate opened. Now, doors are for individuals, gates are for the people you lead. And I want you to listen to me. If you're a team leader at work, if you're a team leader at Ford, if you're a team leader at Chrysler, then listen to me. Then you need to start asking God what gate needs to open that you can lead your whole team through. What gate for the small group that you lead at this church, for your ministry that you lead at this church, what gate needs to open? And pastor, I want you to begin to pray with other people in the church today. What gate needs to open into this city? What gate needs yes. to open into this city? So that, uh, that uh, you go anywhere in this city and people say, oh, Lakeside, yeah, we know Lakeside. Lakeside's involved in this, Lakeside's involved in this. What gates need to open so that you can enter into the city and people will follow you? Maybe you're a parent, then what gate needs to open for your children, for your family? What gate needs to open? There are gates that you lead people through and, and that's why you need to believe for gates to open, much different than doors, the gates open. What gate needs to open? Verse 23. Who's the enemy that needs to fall in your life? What is the enemy? What is the obstacle? If there's an enemy, something standing in your path, someone standing in your path, then I want you to believe God's going to remove that, whatever that is. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's someone that's influencing your lost son. Maybe there's a friend that's influencing your child and your child is not serving God. Then you need to believe that that person is removed. God will remove them from, remove them from the influence on that person. Maybe it's your husband or your wife or where, what needs to be removed? What needs to be removed? The enemies will fall. And lastly, verse 24 what word of God needs to grow and multiply in your life? And what word of God needs to grow and multiply over this church? Now, I asked God about a word for this church, and, and here's, here's uh, what I really sense. Next slide, if you would, here. And um, I, began, I began to see this, that he will dance and sing over you and over this church, that literally people will come in here and they will literally feel the presence of God dancing and singing over this church. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Our country is in such deep trouble. They're, they're just hopeless. They're drawing at straws. They're looking for anything. And I'm going to tell you something. If they'll come into this church and they'll feel the presence of God dancing and singing over this place, they will know it and they will desire it. They'll know it and they'll desire it. They are so desperate. And there is something about knowing God sings and dances over with me at night.
Here's what I'm praying for this church. Next slide. I want you to see this, that may God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, which means bubbling over with hope. I am believing that starting today, there's going to be such hope that's going to bubble out of you into the community that people are going to literally feel the bubbles of hope that are going to flow from you. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about something that is so desperately needed today in America. We need the bubbles of hope to overflow from us, to effervesce, to effervesce, so that people want to be drunk on the hope that they get from us. Rather than drunk on the bubbly that they're drinking now to escape. You say, do you believe that's possible? I believe it's totally possible. So maybe there was a word spoken over you at a camp or at a convention or in this church. Maybe there was a prophecy. Maybe you're retired and you say it never came to pass. It's not over. You need to believe for that to be fulfilled in your life, whatever that is. Whatever that is. Maybe there was one in your life, Pastor, when you were younger and it hasn't been fulfilled yet. It's time. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at this last picture. I want every eye right here. This is my wife right here in the black. And she's in the baptismal tank. My wife grew up with an alcoholic dad. And three o'clock in the morning, he would come stumbling in and he would fall across the end of her bed when she was a teenager. It was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. She didn't know what was next and he would just talk, talk, talk till he fell out to sleep. She would come home from school and someone would have, will have come in and taken all the furniture because he had squandered all the money and there was, they would repossess everything. Uh, she remembers, she remembers riding to the car with her mother to pull him out of motel rooms and he'd answer the door in his underwear and some woman would be climbing out the back window. And her mother would load him in the car and take him home. And maybe that's you. And maybe you're believing for your child or you're believing for a dad or you're believing for someone. Well, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law and my wife believed Acts 12. They believed Acts 12. They believed this for, their, for, for Jake, for my father-in-law. They believed it, they believed it, they believed it. And at 76 years of age... Jake came walking in the bedroom. My mother-in-law was getting dressed for church as she did every Sunday, and he usually never showed his face on Sunday morning. And he comes walking in fully dressed, and he said, I'm going to church today. And I'll never forget when this other fellow in the tank here is our pastor. When he called and he said to, he said to my wife, your dad was in church today, and he lifted his hand, and he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. I'll never forget it. Well, one year ago, June 23rd, my mother-in-law went to heaven and he walked into her bedroom. She was struggling to breathe. She wouldn't leave. She would not leave until he walked into that room and he said to her, baby, you get up there to heaven and you tell Jesus to send me all the help he can because I'm coming. Amen. And four minutes later, she breathed her last breath. Wow. And then the pastor called my wife and said, Vicki, your dad called. He wants to be baptized in water and he wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the, our pastor said, would you baptize your daddy? And that's my wife. Baptizing her 83-year-old daddy. 
There are some of you in this room that need to make that same decision as my father-in-law. The miracle you need is grace and mercy and forgiveness. And there are some of you in this room that need to begin to believe for lost loved ones that you've given up on. And some of you have even given up on yourself. And you're here today. And Jesus is here for you. And so is his miracle power. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? How many of you would say with heads bowed, I remember the day I surrendered to Jesus and I received the miracle of his grace, the miracle of his mercy, and the miracle of his forgiveness. And I received the miracle of eternal life. How many of you would say, I remember that day? You'd throw your hand straight up. You may take it down. Now, some of you didn't lift your hand. Why? Because you haven't received that miracle yet. But I'm going to count to three, and today, just like my father-in-law, just like Jake, you're going to throw your hand straight up, and Jesus is going to grab it, and you're going to grab his, and you're going to walk out of here with the miracle of grace, mercy, and forgiveness, and salvation will be yours. If you couldn't lift your hand a moment ago, when I get to three, throw it up. One, two, three. Lift it right there. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. All over this room and up in the balcony. Would you just bow your heads with me? And would you just pray with these people that lifted their hand? And let's all pray together. Let's pray out loud. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and for your love for me. Thank you that you came and you took my place on the cross. You reversed roles. Thank you, Jesus. I need your grace. I need your mercy. And I need your forgiveness. And I receive the miracle of it. Right now. The miracle of salvation. I embrace the cross and what you did for me. I'm walking out of here changed. From this day forward, my expectation is in you. Thank you, Jesus. Now look right here. Many of you lifted your hand. So if you did and you prayed that prayer, and some of you didn't lift your hand, but you prayed that prayer, would you just write on your piece of paper today, I experienced Jesus' grace, mercy, and forgiveness in a new way. Just write it down there. Write it down there because today is your miracle of salvation. Today. Maybe it's a recommitment. Just write it down there. Write it down there. In just a moment, I'm going to pray over every one of you. But I don't want anyone to not have finished writing everything you need to expect from God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep writing in all seven of these areas, okay? So I'll, rec- I'll recap them real quick. Some place you need angelic visitations and protection, provision, encampment. Write it down. Somewhere you need light to shine in the darkness. Some, some chains that you need to fall off. Some door that needs to open for you. Some gate that needs to open so you can lead others through it. Enemies that need to fall or a word that needs to grow and be multiplied in your life. I want you to finish writing everything that you expect from God over this rest of this year and into 2017. And when you finish writing everything you want, everything you expect from God, I want you then to stand to your feet and hold that paper to your chest. Would you do that? And when, don't, be in a, you don't be in a hurry. There's no hurry. If, if others are standing and you're still writing, just finish writing, and then you stand, and I'll know when to move forward.
He's here today. His power's here today. He's singing over this place. He's here. finished writing, just stand up right where you're at. Just hold it near your chest. Hold that page near your chest. Yeah. lead us in that song, would you? that's in your body even as you're holding the page up everything in your mind just keeps racing with every report that you've been given but it's time to believe his report that by his stripes you will be healed There's a marriage here today that uh, you're here and you don't think there's really much hope. But I'm here to tell you, in him there is not only hope, 
but he is going to work beyond as a matter of fact there's someone else there's a third person and God's going to eliminate that person and you're going to see it the enemy's going to be removed hmm There's just so much that's happening in this room right now. What I want you to do is I want you to take this piece of paper and I want you to put it somewhere where you will not lose it. I want you to go back and I want you to begin to check it over the weeks and months that are coming up. And I want you to begin then when you see God did this and God did that. I want you to come back to pastor and I want you to say, pastor, pastor, I wrote this down. Look, and God did this. It's going to be beyond what you can imagine. And then he's going, those testimonies are going to be shared. And the testimonies are going to spread and they're going to grow and they're going to multiply. Faith is going to grow in this place. And the community is going to begin to know this is where you go when there is no other answer. When you need something beyond your own ability, go there, go there, go to Lakeside. Go to Lakeside. Now would you just thank him? Just thank him all over the show.